Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello again. Welcome to the Blue Collar Podcast and the Blue Collar Podcast video. Uh, Thank you for everyone who tunes in all the time. Quick announcement, if you like what you hear, please please share it. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast, please give us a review. All that stuff helps if you think our message is good. Helps me understand if the message is good, and um, I appreciate that. So uh, I want to talk this week. Uh, I'm going to combine my public service announcement with my dumb is real part of my podcast. So Earlier this week, I read a story about a gentleman that was riding a bicycle and he crashed his bicycle in a remote area and he was wearing an Apple Watch and the Apple Watch has a technology built in it that if uh, you it senses a hard fall, it will contact emergency services and it, whoever you set up as the emergency contact in the phone. I didn't even know an Apple Watch could do that. It's making me want to get an Apple Watch now. I have a a regular watch that I like a lot, but it doesn't have anything like that. So this guy was riding a bike. He falls. He gets knocked out cold in a remote area. And the watch calls emergency services, and they know exactly where he is, and they come get him. Not only does it do that, it calls the emergency contact, which was his son, and the son knew that he had a hard fall, and then um, he also knew that uh, emergency contact, emergency service had been contacted. And then, as he's driving that way, he gets another notice from the phone that he, his father, had been moved, and he was at a certain hospital. And so he knew to go right to the hospital. And that. That technology, I didn't, one, know it existed, but two, wow, how fascinating, how amazing. Well, my point of it was, hey, in our industry where there's a lot of people that climb up high, there's a lot of people that work by themselves, this watch could be a lifesaver for you if you do that. I know I've been stranded on a roof before and didn't have my phone with me. I know I have had falls. I've fallen myself. Luckily, the homeowner was there. I know other people that have fallen and no one was around. And I thought, you know, this technology could really save people. Also, I ride motorcycles a lot. I ride by myself a lot. Probably be a good idea to get one of those because you could crash your motorcycle in a remote area and nobody knows you crashed or go off the road. Nobody knows where you are. So I really thought for me, you know, riding motorcycles, I think I'm going to get that. Also, if you ride bikes, clearly, anything by yourself may be a good idea to get some of that technology with you. It saved this guy's life, and and I thought it was a a great share. So I shared it on Facebook. Now, here's where my dumb is real part comes back into into my podcast today, because if people would read the dang post before they talk, it would be very helpful. And, And I know you've all seen this, where somebody didn't even read the article, and they're commenting, sometimes on other people's comments. Well, this one guy wrote, well, if you would have got a case, you wouldn't have broken your phone because, or broken the, the, 
the watch because one of the pictures in the post showed a kind of a busted up phone, uh, uh, sorry, busted up watch. And he thought it was about a busted up watch. You should have got a case for it. Uh, and then another person said, stick with chimneys. Like, I think they thought I was trying to sell Apple Watches because several people said, hey, Mark, great post. I'm going to get one. I bought one today. I'm trading mine in because I guess an older Apple Watch didn't have that technology. And so it looked like I was promoting to sell watches. And I mean, and so dumb is real. If you're going to comment on anything on the Internet, please read the whole story and understand what it's about before you run your mouth at it. So anyway, that's my dumb is real part. All right. I want to continue on my book that uh, I had I had uh, talked about, The Road Less Stupid. And again, uh, Keith Coonan, uh, if you, I, I got a lot out of that book. I'm going to continue um, talking about some things that he says in that book that I want to address. And one of them, I've heard this before, but I really liked it. He says... Problems deferred are problems magnified. I talk about being a buffalo and a cow, especially in business. You know problems are looming. What do you do about them? You know you need to address something with a, uh, an employee. What do you do? Do you, just, do you go right in or do you delay? A lot of people delay. Now, I've had some blue collars where the guy said, I'm just the opposite. I respond too fast. I'm too hard. I can't keep anybody because I just lay the hammer down too fast. So... There's a happy medium in that, but in this case, you know, today, this week, I've got um, you know, situation where I have a person in my company that a lot of people feel is a is a liar, and when you have a liar in your business, uh, as far as it's hard to figure out what to do about it because it affects the people that are working with this person when they say, hey, um, you know, did you do this? And they say yes or no, or they say they was, were going to do something and they didn't. And it's very hard to pin that down. In this case, uh, it's affecting a lot of other people, really good people in my business that I, I'm going to have to address this situation with the employee before it gets bigger and before I lose really good people. Um, you know, so... Another one, another thing he says in here is uh, kind of a different topic, but in business, if they're handing out gold medals and you're going to get a gold medal in business, what do you want the gold medal in? And he kind of gives it in, in two ways. You can either have the gold medal as a technician and a technical person, an operator, or you have the gold medal as the business owner and a successful business owner. And neither of them are right, and neither of them are necessarily better than the other. There's just very different outcomes. And so I think you have to pick. For me, I had to pick. I had to decide I, I did not want the gold medal in a technician and operator anymore. I wanted the gold medal in business ownership and you know making profit in business and building it for other people and myself in a different way. Now, I know a lot of people that like, well, they want the gold medal in technical work, and that's more... That's what makes them happy is is being the expert technician or the expert operator. So neither lane is necessarily right, but pick a lane and stay in it. Clearly, you can change it. You thought, you know what? I, I thought I wanted to be an operator, but I want to change to a business owner. When you make that change, 
if you do make that change from operator to to business owner stop getting more technical stop going to technical classes stop you know absorbing all that stuff that you're already good at and get into the stuff that you're not good at accounting leadership marketing un, um, really you know the role of a ceo what you really need to be learning and knowing now and to me i've said it a thousand times leadership is the most important thing you can do and learn about and get better at if you're going to run a business in this book, he talks about the role of the CEO, what you really need to do as a CEO, and what's really what you can't delegate away, what you can't just say, somebody else do this. Clearly, I've talked about before, you need to delegate a lot as a CEO. Everything you can delegate away, you should, and you'll move faster. But there's some things you can't delegate away as a CEO, and he lists, I think, six or seven of them here, I want to read them. The first one, he says, you as a CEO are solely responsible for where the business is today and where the business is going. Clarity about the business today is accurate and make sure that the clarity of where the business is today is accurate. That's your job as a CEO, you know, taking the temperature of the business, but also owning where you are. Be real about where you are, but understand it's all your fault, basically. If the business is running great and you are a superstar and it's profitable and you have, you're humming along, congratulations, that's your fault. If the business has problem employees, doesn't have cash flow, has marketing issues, has whatever problems are in that, that's also your fault and you need to own it. The business is your fault completely. As a CEO or the owner, you can't get away from it. And the day I you know, really realized that it's my fault, good and bad, uh, it, it, that's the day that really helps you as an owner. Uh, also, the next thing, identify the gap and the obstacle. What is the problem to attain the desired outcome? Understanding and defining it as a solvable problem is critical. So what is the obstacle to get where you're going? A lot of people these days say, I can't get enough people. I'm, I have a hiring issue. I can't get qualified people. I can't get trainable people. Well, that's the obstacle. You need to overcome it or you're going to just be able to say, well, that was my problem. I never could overcome it. Luckily for us, I found a, an amazing person at, that could hire. He's actually going around the country teaching other people to hire. His name is Kent Wesley. And he is setting up hiring processes in other companies like he did ours. And he's amazing at it. And as soon as he sets it up in your office, all of a sudden the phone rings with qualified candidates. And he's very good at it. But so what are you going to do about it? He, um, how are you going to overcome it? So identifying it and also identifying how we're going to overcome it. Are you going to teach somebody in your office to be good at it? Are you going to hire somebody outside to be good at it? Like what, you know, how are you going to overcome it? Next, design the plan and machine. When the obstacle is clearly defined, um, then you make the machine. So the machine in our case, well, there's all kinds of things that are the machine. We have a production side of it. We have a customer service side of it. We have a hiring side. We have an accounting side. So uh, clearly we have a technical side. And so I had to design the machine and the training that will create a, a result that is 
is very duplicatable. You know, um, I remember my, my mentor, John, John Meredith said, you know, at some point, a little past a million dollars, you start to become more of a machine, like a process that the, the phone call comes in, it drops down through here and certain things happen and then it's taken care of. You design that machine that can be done by you or ideally other people. And then your job is to smooth that machine out, make it better and better and better, and, th and therefore you have a better operating company. Today, I have a much better operating company that I am not the I am not the operator. I'm not the technician. I was a good technician. I was a good customer service person. I was pretty good marketing, but I wasn't great at anything because as a business owner, you're wearing a lot of different hats. You've got to do it all. I got better when I had dedicated customer service people that could take care of the customer and that's all they have to do. Dedicated estimators, that that's all they have to do is make sure they get that estimate right, they can look everything up, they write it up, they deliver it the same day that they went out and looked at it for the most part. Uh, dedicated managers that hire and, and help me and, and also fire if needed. Uh, dedicated uh, metal fabrication people, that that's what they do. We got a lot better when I got out of the way and let other people, let me focus on certain things that I'm kind of going over now, and you focus on what you're doing, and we will all actually run faster. Number four, allocate resources. Machines take resources. Uh, massively tricky it's a massively tricky undertaking. You got to make sure the bills get paid, employees get paid, customers serve while building this. New initiatives require a change in resources. We have to do less of something to do more of something else. So you have to, you have to decide how to allocate the resources to build the machine while staying in business. You know, one of my issues that I talked to today to my seat, my, uh, my controller was, you know, he's like, we've got to be careful how fast we're growing and we're throwing our resources at growth. He said, you know, you can't, you, there's a you know, kind of an art to growth, as a lot of people know, but we got to make sure we secure the profit number first and then grow with what's left, not just throw everything, including the profit, at the growth and grow that way. You can do that for a short term, but you can't do it every year and have very little profit at the end of the year, but we grew a lot. There's going to be a recoil effect that is going to bite you. And we're, we're kind of in that area where we've been growing pretty fast the last couple of years. Probably not, for me, I, I didn't really realize that I had to make sure I take care of all those where I was really just wanting to grow the business and I knew the profit would come. Well, we got to split that difference. We've got to grow some, but we got to make sure the profit is secure and then we grow. So that was an interesting take on that. Allocating the resources also is, you know, do we buy more trucks? Do we, do we fund this thing? Do we, we spend it in training? Do we spend it in, you know, people, in high-level people? Like, how do you allocate the resources? And as a CEO, you have to decide that. Next, number five, you top grade for A players. So sometimes you have to get rid of the lower players and, and, and really pay more and focus more on the best players. You know, I've said this before, the day of getting cheap talent is gone. That ship has sailed. There's, I mean, you're trying to find a cheap, amazing person. That's rough. I, I, I we, with the, the way the workforce is today, you can't do it. The cheap people 
are working somewhere. The amazing people are working somewhere and they don't need to work for cheap. So don't just look for cheap and think you're going to make them into something great. Pay top money that you can and get those A players. Your life gets a lot easier. Also, um, six, build the organizational chart. It's one of the main things I work on when people come to work at my Blue Collar University. On the last day, we work on the organizational chart and we draw out exactly what the company is today. And let's just say we're doing for 2019. We draw it all out, all the positions, you know, CEO, office, office manager, you know, technician, maybe installation and then maybe sales or something like that. We draw that all out. We put the people's names in the in the hats that are doing it. And then every, you know, we put the income where we are now, what the goal is for the year. And then we, the next year, we add to the income. If it's a growth, you know, organizational chart, what positions are we going to add? Who do we need to hire? What vehicles do we need to purchase? It's a really fun exercise. And it gets really exciting to build out the organizational chart as to what you need. My chief operations officer, Kent, he does this every year. He builds out what he calls the people plan. How many people are we going to need in each area? Who's going to have, who are we going to have to hire to backfill when we promote those people in a certain area? What trucks are we going to have to purchase? What resources do we have to make sure are in place so we, we can achieve the goals? And then ultimately, what is the goal? What's the money goal and, and uh, the profit goal at the end of the year? Next, and this is so important, create the culture. He says, uh, Navy SEALs have the best culture. You know, you hear a lot from about culture where these places are making sure there's plenty of jelly beans, you know, everywhere and, you know, bean bags and nap rooms and bring, bring your dog to work days and all these kind of like perks. But that's perks are not culture. Uh, he says here the Navy SEALs actually have the best culture of any work group in the world. They hold each other incredibly accountable. There's nothing easy. They don't have nap times and jelly beans and bring your dog. They got work and work ethic and everybody is responsible for each other to the highest level with each other's lives. And therefore they have the tightest culture and the best bond of of any organization. You can read about them. They're legendary for the Navy SEALs culture. For some reason today, we feel like perks and the more you do for people creates that, you know, culture of more vacation days and more of this is the culture. And it really isn't. It's, it's how you hold each other accountable. It's how you treat each other. It's what you celebrate. It's what you don't, it's what you condone and what you don't condone. Um, and that's your culture. That's who you are. And no one sets out to necessarily know what their culture is initially. It kind of just grows with the people you hire. It kind of starts happening ad hoc. But you as a CEO have to watch it. You've got to say, man, I really like what's happening with these people. And I really don't like what's happening with these people. I've got to curb those people and get them out of here. And I really need to celebrate these people here that are really doing the right thing. That is totally your job is to create that culture um, it says uh, and he says the last thing show me a lousy culture and I'll show you a lousy CEO again ultimately it's always your fault if you've got a bad culture in your company 
It's, it's because you tolerated something. I bet you're not a bad CEO overall. You clearly are doing something right. But if you've got a culture this bad and you got people this bad, it's you. Today, I was, at a, I was working out in a facility and I was, I was asked to speak at a, an event. And this other person came up to me and said, can you speak to my employees? They are so, you know, out of it. They're not engaged. They're not, you know, I, I need some more engagement from everybody. And, of course, you don't say, well, that's your fault, you know. But, you know, it is, it is her fault. She needs to understand that if they're not engaged, it's your job to engage them. Sometimes people get, you know, in my business, surprisingly, people get tired of me, you know, saying, doing all the talking. Um if I go into another company, they like me to talk to their people because it's a new face, it's a new body, it's a new message. I might be, it might not be a new message. I might be saying the exact same thing that the, the owner said, but all of a sudden they listen to it because it's somebody else. And that's happened over and over. Like, man, whatever you said, I've said the same thing, but now they pay attention. I used to bring in outside consultants and people to tell my people that because it's just a different voice and they've heard it again. So if you're the, the owner or CEO and you, you got a dead culture or a bad culture or it's not what you want, change it. Do something. Hold people accountable. Get people out of there. Promote the good people. Celebrate them. Also change what you're celebrating. Like, uh, what was it? It was a story about when people, uh, what was it? It was a... Uh, it was a really interesting company that promoted, what did they promote? I'm drawing a blank on it. Anyway, that's the problem with live podcasting. Uh, but anyway, uh, I will think of it and come back to it. N- another couple things. Consistency, uh, consistency requires measurement. I'm really bad at measuring as an owner. I like, and I'm not bad at measuring the big stuff, but what I'm bad at is I will, I will put something in place and I'll say, this is what we're going to do. And then I will expect everybody to start doing it and keep doing it. Then I move to the next good idea. Well, what happens? The people on the first idea, some people keep doing it, but a lot of people don't do it. So how do you, how do you, for me, I have to actually hire people to come back and keep that measured. Uh, make sure that whatever I put in place gets measured and completed. Then we have consistency. Also, discipline requ- uh, requires standards. So you need a standard in your business to be able to discipline somebody. Like right now, I have a person that I feel is not truthful. Well, a couple things. In our culture, honesty is one of our core values. Uh, respect for others is one of our core values. Clearly, this person is not upholding our culture and our core values. So I'm going to use those to go back on this person and say what I believe is right, which as the boss, it ultimately is going to be right. We've had enough issues and now I'm going to use our core values as a tool to get better and possibly remove this person. Now, it's probably going to be a warning, but it'll be probably a final warning. Um, I, I always, I always, I never want to fire someone and it's a surprise. 
I, I always want to, when I, by the time I get around to having to fire somebody, they know it's coming. They completely understand. And it's usually not too ugly. Where it gets ugly firing somebody is when they're surprised. They're surprised. They think they've been doing a great job or you haven't been doing a good job communicating your frustration or your issues. And then you fire them over something that it may even be very trivial and small. Um, and, and then it gets ugly. So make sure if you have to fire somebody, it's not a surprise. Last couple things. Um, execution requires resources uh, in that gosh I can't tell you how many times people say I would do that if I had the money I would absolutely buy that piece of property if I had the money I would buy that business if I had the money uh, I would you know do all these kind of things if I had the money so therefore they're giving themselves an excuse why they can't execute but you as a business owner, back to my earlier thing, you need to make sure you have the profit in the bank uh, to be able to execute the desired outcome. In my company, I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned on 2020, you know, the economy, what can happen, have no idea. But I, uh, to be fiscally responsible, I need to make sure that I'm putting away a certain amount of money so that if we do, if things do slow down, for some reason around election years every year in my industry, we tend to have some uncertainty and some slowdown. Now, we didn't in 2016, but we did in 2012. We did in 2008, had a 2004, and here comes 2020, and we've been on an amazing ride. I hope it continues. It possibly will, but it's not responsible for me to keep spending the money and keep expecting it to always grow. So again, I'm going to make sure we have resources because the other thing that can happen is in a down economy, stuff gets cheaper. Other businesses go out of business and they're for sale. Land and housing can go down. You might, it might be a great time to buy a new piece of property because you're buying it cheaper than right now, like buying it at the top of the market. So have your resources ready because a down economy can help if you're ready for it. I know there's a guy in town here that he just always waits for down economies. During big economies, he just kind of builds a little bit on a down economy in Nashville. There's an area in town called Antioch. This guy bought building after building when it when it was around a mall and around stuff. He just bought all this stuff up for just cheap because everybody's running from this area in town. He bought all this land. And then he brought in Vanderbilt Health. He brought in Ford Ice Center. He brought in all these other things started coming in. And he made a, a fortune. He's already in the car dealership business, but he made a fortune in land because he was ready for the bad times. He always moves in on bad times. So the point is, have your money ready in the good times. When the bad time comes, you can act on it. Uh, and lastly, <laughs> he says nothing changes if nothing changes. And also, nothing changes unless the unspoken is spoken. So if you, again, have problems in your business and you are running from them, you are not saying what you need to say, uh, you uh, avoiding that key person, but he, he or she is actually a problem, do it, do it next week. On, on Monday, address the problem. Go at it. Uh, you, you'll be surprised. Um, a friend of mine was dealing with a, a person in their office 
that is a known problem. In fact, when this when she was gone, people loved it. They were happier. The business ran just fine. Now, this person is a very senior person. Um, you know, she has some health issues. Uh, husband has health issues. She's an older person. So it's really hard for the leader to decide that, hey, she needs to go because she's been a good performer. She needs the job. And now, you know, you're tasked with getting rid of this person that's bad for the team and actually not doing a great job. Man, is that ever hard. But that's still your job as a CEO. You're ultimately held accountable for the results of the business. And you can't blame that employee that you kept too long. You can't blame that that uh, person that you put in the wrong place and kept them there. You hired them and you kept them there. It's your fault. Well, guys, I hope you uh, have a great week. Um, I do want to mention one more thing. Again, I talk about a lot. Sweep Away Cancer is a foundation that I, I'm sitting on the board of and I helped do a little bit of the founding of. It's an it's really neat. We've been able to help a lot of people, and this last couple of weeks, some some posts on Facebook and things have popped up. We're, we have T-shirts, hoodies, uh, like swag. That if you if you want to support the effort, go on sweepawaycancer.com. We've got a lot of new um, stuff to buy that looks really cool. It really does, and a lot of people buy it just because it looks cool. But then we're going to have you know uh, Cancer Awareness Month in October, so please support this great cause. We're 96% efficient. Uh, 96% of the dollars raised goes right back out to people. And we love helping people. Uh, and we love the stories we're seeing on Facebook because we're able to help people pay their bills while they're going through cancer. All right, guys, that's my time. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.